Do you know that from your position, you can change your situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. to be um, here before you, standing before you after a long while. Amen? I know we've enjoyed God's word. Amen? How many of us have enjoyed God's word while we're okay? Amen? God's word has been, I've been following um, almost all the services um, live and I've been blessed personally. Praise God. Sincerely, it couldn't have been better. Amen? Yeah, that's the truth. It couldn't have been better because it's the same grace, it's the same spirit, it's the same anointing, it's the same word. Amen? And, and I'm excited that the word of God cannot be hindered. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> God's word cannot be hindered. Hallelujah. Because God's word is the almighty word that created the heavens and the earth. Nothing created can hinder the word. Hallelujah. See? We've been considering um, a series on, um, on Christ in you or Christ. Let me put it that way. And we'll continue later with that. I'll, I'll pick up from where Pastor Laulu stopped. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, but there's something the Spirit of God has laid on my heart to share with you today. And I believe it's going to bless you tremendously. If you believe it's going to bless you tremendously, say amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got thinking some few months ago and I was thinking to myself and as I was thinking within myself to myself the Spirit of God facilitated that meditation and began to ask me questions that the Holy Spirit alone can answer. Praise God. You know, when God asks you questions, don't think he is demanding the answer from you. <laughs> Amen. He's just trying to stir up your holy mind so that you can reason with him. Praise the Lord. You know, <clears throat> and then the Lord began to ask me some specific questions. I was meditating on the church And how that God has blessed the church with so much and how that God has bestowed so much upon the church for our own edification, for our own growth, for our own benefit. However, 
there are a couple of people in church who are not getting all that God is pouring out onto them or for them. Some are getting so blessed, while others are not getting blessed at all. Some are getting blessed, but not getting fully blessed. So we have three categories of people. The first category is the category of those who are customers in church. They come regularly, they visit regularly, but they're not getting what God is giving out. It's not that God hasn't given it, but they are not getting it. And there's another category, you can call that category, category B. The first is category A, not getting anything. The second is category B, getting something but not all that God has prepared for them. And then there's the category C. They are the set of people who are getting all that God is giving. And they are hungry for more. Praise God. They are hungry for more. So somehow, they are the people pulling so much grace from heaven to this earth because of their faith, because of their desire, because of their enthusiasm, because of their expectation. They want everything God has to offer. Praise God. And then I began to meditate. I began to think. I said, Lord, why is it that the first category A set of people getting nothing are still coming to church despite the fact that they are getting nothing? And they are not inquisitive to ask themselves, why is it that I'm not getting blessed. Praise God. And then the second category, category B. They are getting less than 50% or more than 50%, but not 100%. But they are satisfied. They are fine. They are okay. They feel, well, they are better off than some other people. They are comparing themselves with other people. The Bible says they compare themselves and themselves among themselves are not wise. Praise God. You don't compare yourself with other people because you don't know the yardstick that God is measuring you by or measuring them by until you ask him. Many a times we think we are comfortable Whereas God is saying to us, I don't want you to stay in the level of comfort. I want you to succeed. You see, success is more than comfort. That you are comfortable does not mean you are successful. Praise God. That you are comfortable simply means you have your needs met, you're paying your bill, you're not doing too badly or too poorly but you are doing well on the average. But you cannot afford to be a blessing to too many people because you are just merely, barely managing and you've just broken even. 
So you are comfortable within your zone of comfort. But if you were to step out of that zone, you may not be able to afford some other things that you are affording or you can afford within the zone of your comfort. Praise God. And God says, tell my people, I have a great plan for them, much more than comfort. I want them to succeed. To be comfortable is to be blessed. To be successful is to be a blessing. When you are so blessed that you are flowing out to be a blessing to other people, and nations can gather themselves together to organize a thanksgiving prayer meeting unto the Lord because of you, you are a success. And that's God's plan for us. He wants us to succeed exceedingly. Not just barely managing and comfortable. Praise God. See? And then I began to meditate. I began to think. The first category are not getting anything and they don't bother. They are not concerned. They are not getting anything. They are not concerned. Why? The Lord said, because they are religious. Is it possible to be saved and still be religious? Yes. Amen. What is religion? Religion is norm. Religion is activity without power. A form of godliness, but the power is not in it. Religion is doing the same thing again and again and again until you feel if you don't do it, you are not pleasing God. Though you are not getting so much out of it or you are not getting anything out of it, but it, it makes no difference. But you are doing it anyway, so you are pleased that you are doing it. That's religion. Religion gives you an assumptive or assumptuous mindset that things are running for you, whereas they are not. Religious people don't mind being the same for the next 20 years, but they will give you reasons why they are the same. Religious people don't mind staying helpless for the next 20 years, but they will give you reasons why they are helpless. Religion is a terrible mindset. Religious people are not hungry people. They are bitter people. Now, why are they bitter? Because they are not getting results. But they can't stop doing it. Because they are religious. And God help you. If you want to take them out of their procedures and their routines and their rituals, they will fight you with every strength in them. Religious people can help other people all right? But they will fight people who are willing to help them. You remember the Pharisees? Amen. They couldn't heal the sick. <laughs> they couldn't help those poor people in their midst. And the widowed, they couldn't help them. And Jesus came on the scene and began to help them. They got angry. 
that he healed the sick on the Sabbath day. Can you imagine? Praise God. You see, religion is a terrible thing. If you come to church and you play religion again and again and again, you could be in church for God knows how long. And nothing remarkable is happening in your life. God is not responsible for that. God is not responsible for that. You have to change your perspective. You have to shake off that religion into the fire and embrace true Christianity. Can someone say amen to that? Religion is all talk, no demonstration. They can do all the talking, all the analysis, but there's no demonstration. Religion is all knowledge, but no compassion. So you see, category A are people who are just religious. They come to church for, number one, to swell their heads. Praise God. So that their heads can swell. Aha, I have known something extra. Aha, when I get in discussion or argument with my friend, I will reel out these facts. It's not particular about how those facts or body of knowledge or pieces of information, as the case may be, will increase him and make him better. He's not concerned. But he can argue with them. Fine. He can prove his own point with them. Fine. That's religion. And anywhere you see two believers in strife fighting over who is right and then who is wrong, one of them or both of them, the both of them are religious. You see, someone whose God reality does not fight other people, he will leave it out and people will see it in his life and they will follow him. Religious people always get into strife. And God does not want any one of us here to be religious. Amen? I said amen. amen. Now, if you come to church just for the fun of it, for some, they come to church because they feel it is going to be odd and out of place for them to, you know, stay at home during Bible study time or stay at home on Sunday. So they come to church. You see, such people just come to church because they are religious. They feel it is not right to be outside church or church meeting on any church service. Praise God. I'm not saying it is right. What I'm saying is this. That's not enough reason to come to church. Praise God. So the Lord began to minister to me and said, address the spirit of religion. And how do you address the spirit of religion? You challenge the status quo. Because see, if you are at point A and you are comfortable here, you do not know that you ought to have moved to point B because you are seeing nothing ahead of you. You feel this is all about life, true or false. You don't stay there and feel like, yeah, I'm comfortable. Whereas, according to God's divine plan for you, you ought to have moved from point A to point B. You see, God is always on the move. God is always on the move. God is never static. Because God is dynamic. 
He's a dynamic God. So if you're following him, then you should be moving. You should be making progress. Praise God. See? If you're not making progress with your life, then you're not following God. God wants us to follow him, and as we follow him, we make progress daily. Daily. Now, how do you stagger the foundation of religion? Amen. How do you stagger? Challenge the status quo. By engaging in an argument? No. Bring out the reality. Praise God. Bring out the reality. Get people to become hungry for more of God's manifestations in their lives. The glory of God made manifest in their lives. Give people vision of their future. When you begin to see your future, you begin to see where God is taking you, you cannot afford to be religious. Praise God. You cannot afford to sit down somewhere, cross your legs and, you know, cross your arms and say, well, I'm fine. Whereas God is taking you to somewhere greater. Praise the Lord. And then how do you deal with religion, religious spirit? You cast it out. You see, religion is much more than a norm. It's much more than a way of life, a custom. Religion is a spirit fundamentally. And when that spirit begins to work and function around people, they become complacent. They become complacent. When that spirit begins to function around people, they begin to think about the good old days. The old days are always good. But the new ones are not. That's the spirit of religion. It's not right. It's a wrong spirit. They're just comfortable. They bask in the glory of the fact that they killed Goliath. Amen. But this is a fresh Goliath standing before you. What do you do? Amen. You deal with that spirit. How do you deal with that spirit? You use the name of Jesus. Amen. I refuse to become pleasant. I refuse to. I refuse to. In the name of Jesus Christ, I shake up the beast into the fire. I rebuke every foul spirit that wants to keep me on one spot. I make progress in the name of Jesus because I'm following the Lord. Amen? You take authority over that spirit of religion. Spirit of complacency. It's a religious spirit. If Jesus Christ had not come into this world, the Pharisees and the Sadducees would have been practicing their religion up to now. True or false? Same old way. Same thing. Praise the Lord. And then the second category, category B, 
are those who are comparing themselves with other people. That's another mistake. The Lord says, deal with comparison. There is nobody under heaven, and there is nobody in heaven who has made you better than another person. God has specific, God has unique, God has peculiar plans for each and every one of us. For Paul, he is a planter. Apollos is a waterer. So you see, if Apollos is comparing himself with Paul, he's made the biggest mistake of his life. Because you see, a waterer cannot be compared with a planter. They are different. You see, the reason you cannot applaud men and shower accolades on them is this. You don't know God's plan for them. The only time you can say, well, this person has tried, is when God opens your eyes to see his plan for that person. And then you, you can measure the person and say, oh, he's tried. There are only two people who can, who can tell whether you have tried or not. Amen. God and you. The reason some people are not going for 100% is because they feel they are fine, they are comfortable. They feel, after all, I'm better off than that person. After all, after all. Amen. Whereas God says, well, look, you don't have to. You don't have to compare yourself with anybody. Just be yourself the way I have made you and follow my plan for you. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something in scriptures. Um, and then I will now go into the heart of what I'm about to share with you. This is just a prelude to, to it. Okay? John chapter, the last chapter. Gospel according to St. John. You have it? If you have it, say, I have it. Uh, Some of us are still. (laughs) If you have it, say, I have it. All right, do you have it? Okay, John chapter 21. And then let's start reading from verse 21. Peter, okay, uh, let's start from verse 19, 19. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. All right, okay, 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 okay. Let's start from verse. Um, okay, let's start from verse 17. He said unto him the third time, that is unto Simon Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou was young, 
thou guidest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall guard thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This speak he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, To whom did he say? Talk to me now, church. To whom did Jesus say that word or statement? To Peter. He said unto Peter, Do what? Follow me. Verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Amen. <laughs> Which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayed thee? Peter, seeing, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Now, look up, please. Jesus said to Peter, do what? Follow me. To whom did he say to follow him? To Peter, follow me. And then the other one heard it and began to follow and then he felt like, ah! The master didn't say that to you. <laughs> and then out of, you may call it, um, jealousy, all right, he said, look at it. <laughs> Verse 21. Peter seen him said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Now, you see, the master just revealed to Peter how he was going to die for him. All right? And then he said, follow me. Just follow me. That's all you have to do. And the death is going to be pleasurable. And then John, the beloved, was following. And then Peter began to ask the Lord, what did he Say to the Lord, what was his question? Peter seeing him said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? What is this kind? This man, can you describe his kind of death to what is his own? Is there anything you have to say about him? You see, he was concerned about what the Lord had to say about John. The Lord had already told him his own portion with him. He was comparing himself with the apostle John. Amen. Look at verse 22. <laughs> Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is it to thee? You follow me. That's the issue now. Leave John alone. If there's any dealing with John, it's personal. Hello. What is God saying to Pastor Tosin? What is God saying to Pastor Tosin? What about you? What, is, what has God said concerning you? You see, when you feel, well, eh, thank God I'm better off than that person, who told you? Do you know what God has told him to be doing? Look at the way Peter died. Peter was beheaded upside down. He said he was too, he was too unworthy, in quote now, to be slaughtered or killed or crucified the same way Jesus was crucified. So he said they should crucify him upside down. 
And the master told him that it is when you grow old, that's when you will die that way. Praise God. That was his destiny. As one of the apostles of the Lamb. Amen. Now, he's asking the master this question. What is it about this man? 21. Okay, what is... Go to 22. Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? That means, I may decide that with this guy... It's not going to die. But I have already said your own. You will grow very old and then you will die. It's, it's simple. But see, if I will, I may say to this guy, he's going to live until I come back. Your own is just what? Follow me. That's all. And then they misinterpreted what Jesus said. You see? Then when this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die, that this John would not die, Jesus did not say so. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? <laughs> Comparison. You have to be careful here, beloved. Are you listening to me? Don't compare. You are not better. There's only one person that can tell you that you are better than the other person. Amen. On the ground of faithfulness. People are not better than themselves on the ground of the magnitude of their gifts and callings. No. One is better than the other on the ground of faithfulness. And God alone can judge that. What he told you in the closet. The things he said. He said to be sweeping in church. You said, no, you will hold the mic. And you have held it. And then they say, well, that brother is, hey. <laughs> and God says, <laughs> he's doing his own. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Category B, the challenge is what? Comparison. Father, I thank you because I have built a house that brother has not. I give you praise, oh, my life is better than the life of the other person. It, that's not thanksgiving. That to God, that is ignorance. Are you listening to me? You don't give thanks that way before God. Don't say that. Never say that. Amen. Now look at what the master said. If Peter were to come and say, the Lord has revealed to me the way I would die, people would say, no, 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 no. You see, there are some revelations, amen, that the Lord will give. There was a brother the Lord revealed to him that at 40 he will get married. At 40. So he should not bother looking at any lady at all until when he's 40. That was a revelation from the Lord. Some people say, ah, he's growing old and who told you? Who told you? I got married at 22. I got married at 26. Look at, look at that brother. He's still believing God. He's not believing God. He has believed God. The Lord, the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You have to understand what God is saying to you. Are you listening? Don't compare yourself. No, don't do that. 
I have five children. The other brother has one. I'm better off. For children are the heritage of the Lord. I have more of the heritage of God. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, and then the third category, category C, are those who are receiving everything. Listen. As beautiful as church is, and as corporate as the anointing is in church, the dealings of God with us are personal. You have to understand that. See, if you come to church, understand when God gives a word, like that. The word is meant for everybody. Alright? But you see, there is something specific that you have to do about that word and there's something specifically that God is addressing. He's addressing something. Why? Because it's a general word, yet God is saying something to you in a specific manner. Praise the Lord. So you see, when you come to church, I want you to come to, don't, don't come to church just to have your head loaded up with information. Alright? You see, as you open your heart to God and receive God's word, your head will learn in the course of it. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure it does not end, end with your head or it doesn't end there. Make sure God's word gets into your heart. And how do you do that? How do you do that? Praise God. How do you do that? You have to work on your reception. Receptivity. Receiving. How do you work on your receiving? It's very simple. Have this mindset constantly. Every time. Let's not say every time. One more time. Say every time. Every time we gather together like this in worship of our God and to listen to his word, God has something specific for you. The Bible says they go, not they went. They go from strength to strength. They go from strength to strength. Everyone as they appear before the Lord in Zion, they go. So it's a going thing. Every time we appear this way in worship of our God, gather together to worship him and to listen to his word, there is something specific. There is a divine deposit that God wants to make in your life to move you to the next level. Did you hear that? So have this mindset that you're coming to church to receive something definite. You see, if, if you go home, if after church, listen to me, if after church you've not received something definite, I'm not talking about making notes now. It's good to make notes so that you can go back to those notes, all right? I'm talking about a revelation, something specific. If after church you didn't receive it, you will come to the altar here and kneel down and pray in tongues until you hear it. Some people will go home in in a hurry because, Lord, have mercy. Ah, So the Lord said, wear a mindset of constant expectation. Be prophetic in your approach. 
to church attendance. Have a prophetic mindset that there's something definite that God has for me today and I must go home with it. Holy Spirit as the man of God is sharing, show it to me. Let me hear it. There's an instruction that will come. Because you see, the easiest, let me tell you something, the easiest atmosphere to receive from God is in church. I will explain. If you go on a 40 day fast or 40 days retreat, all right, you pray in tongues, you fast, you pray in tongues, you fast, and all that. Sometimes for the first two or three days, you may not even hear anything, but you are just in joy. You know the Lord is not dumb, He will always speak. Amen. But you see, when you come to church, you know why it's so easy? There's such a thing known as the corporate anointing. The corporate anointing is a transformer, a step-up transformer. The voltage at which the word of God is coming by the ministry gift anointed of God and the atmosphere of faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, our faith altogether. Channel towards God is so, so intensified. That there is an anointing that works in church that does not work in personal prayer at home. It's called a corporate anointing. Yes, the Spirit of God can expound it to you at home in your closet, but there's something about the corporate anointing. The Bible says when we gather together like this, it says there, there the Lord, in the togetherness of brethren, the Lord commands the blessing. He's commanded the blessing in Zion. Praise the Lord. So when you come to church, expect the many unanswered questions to be answered. Did you get that? Expect to receive answers. Even if you're a professional, you've been asked. Some people think, well, I'm going to church. It's church. That's church. When I get back to my office, I'll face those challenges. With my brain. But when I go to church, let me just go worship God and bless him. You see, God is the God of the whole universe. He created the laws of the universe. He set them in motion. God understands mathematics. He understands economics. Amen. God understands elect-elect. Yeah, he does. He understands medicine. So you see, when you come to church, don't just limit it, well, God is going to deal with me spiritually and I'm going to grow and do well spiritually. Expect every unanswered question in your life to be answered. That's how to come to church. Praise the Lord. How many of us got that? The Bible says, ask and it shall be what? Given unto you. It will not be given unto you by just being mute and you're just there that where God knows the right thing to do. If he knows that I need it, he will give it to me. Things don't happen that way. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek, you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. 
He says, those who thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. So there's such a thing as the current of expectation built around your life. Now when you come to church, you see, the way it works, your faith will begin to pull the grace of God, will begin to pull the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Your faith will begin to pull the Spirit of God himself to say something that you need through the man of God. And that's why when you come to church and your expectation, your expectation is not heightened, you may not hear some things. Come to church with an expectation. Be hungry. Every meeting is different. This is not religion. Every meeting under this cloud of glory is different. I have come for something definite. I have come for a change. I have come for a transformation. Lord God, you have to speak to me. I desire your word. I live by what you say to me. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I live by what you say to me. What you say to me matters. I live by what you say. You just must speak to me, Lord. I am hungry for your word. You see, when you come that way, God will begin to instruct you specifically. God will begin to instruct you to do things that will change your life and move you from where you are to the place where you ought to be. Don't wait until you get into a crisis situation before you begin to believe God desperately. You don't have to. Are you listening to me? You don't have to. You know, there's a song we used to sing then, an old school song. Anytime we came, we gathered together in worship of God, hallelujah, and to listen to him. We, we used to sing this song. Jesus, I am here. Jesus, I am here. Jesus, I am here. I am here for you. I'm here for you, Holy Ghost, I am here. Holy Ghost, I am here. Holy Ghost, I am here. I am here for you. Speak to me, Lord, I am here. Correct me, Lord, I am Rebuke me, Lord, I am here, I am here for you. Instruct me, Lord, I am here, show me the next level, I am here. Move me forward, I am here, I am here for you. Holy Ghost, I am here. Holy Ghost, I am here. Holy Ghost, I am here. I am here for that's how that's how to come to church. Hello? <laughs> that's how when you're coming to church, man, you're so hungry. 
the preachers, men of God that are here, you understand there are times you just prepare a little sermon as the Spirit of God has instructed you. And then you get to the pulpit here and you begin to preach. You just sense a pull. People, they are pulling. And then the Spirit of God begins to say things through you that you did not prepare to say. Because they are hungry people. I have, I have gone to some places before. You know, I went to minister. I had to pray in tongues for 30 minutes. You know, I, I mean, not in my closet. Before the people. <laughs> Brethren, let's charge up. <laughs> let's, we have to charge up ourselves. So. <laughs> but, but sincerely, I, I wanted to say things I could not speak. I tried. Scriptures didn't come out. The whole place was, they were just looking like this. That, just, just say what you have to say and leave the place. I said, but why did you come to start with? This is a waste of time. You don't just appear without an expectation before the Lord. That's embarrassing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, expectation is very key. Preparation. Amen. How do you prepare yourself? How do you prepare yourself? You see, before you, if you couldn't do it, maybe you forgot. Maybe you came from your office. While you're driving down, oh, Holy Spirit of God, you know me well. You know me well. You know me perfectly. You know what I need to change. You know what I need to do. You know the next level. I'm going to church. I don't want to remain the same. The same way I'm going. I want to change. That's how to move from glory to glory. I want to become a better person. I want my faith to be built up. I want an instruction that will change my life, my family, my parenting, the way I treat my wife. Oh, precious one, speak to my heart. Oh, I long for your word. Oh, thank you, Lord, for teaching me today. Thank you for instructing me. You're hungry. You talk to yourself. And then, you see, when you come to church, look up, everybody. When you come to church, your faith shouldn't be in you. Someone says, hold on to your faith. All right? You have held on to it long enough. Release it. Did you hear that? You don't, hold, you don't get a miracle holding on to your faith. You release it. <laughs> Who glory to God. Release that faith. You see, how do you release it? You know, you come as you're worshiping God. That man of God that's going to preach today, he has my word in his lips. God has put my word in his lips. I'm going to hear my word. That word for the next level. You are releasing your faith. Release that faith. Everybody, you're holding up your faith and God says, man, can you see those folks down there? Say, yeah, we can see them. They are hungry. Put out your faith. Put it forth. Stretch it out. Let your faith be released to God as you come. You see, that's how to have church. The Bible way. Who told you 
An undergraduate cannot become a multi-millionaire. Who told you that you have to graduate, get a job to start with, and then know this person, meet that person? Who told you? If you will listen to God and receive an instruction. The Lord spoke to me. I wrote it down. He said, son. I said, sir. He said, there's nothing new under heaven. I said, yeah, that's true. He said, why? I said, you know, Lord. <laughs> because I, he's asking you a question. You have to be careful there. He said, because it's been revealed. What has been revealed is not new anymore. Is it new? It's not new. It's been revealed. He said, there is nothing new under heaven because the things under heaven have been revealed. And then he said, people who try to make them new, they only recycle them. There's nothing new under heaven. He said, son, you want new things? He said, yeah. They are in heaven, not under heaven. They are in glory. They are in me. If you will come into a holy romance with me, I will give you new things. When you begin to put them to work in on the face of the earth, you see, when people see that, oh, they are packaging pure water in a special way, you see people now, they now say, that rush. that's what they're selling now. They are just recycling old things. There's nothing new under heaven. So if you really want to take the lead and you really want to be ahead in whatever God has called you to do, you must be in touch with the headquarters. The head office. Amen? You are in touch. That's how to get new things. But the things here are recycled. Harvard wisdom is recycled wisdom. That's the truth. They are recycling it. Recycling it. Add this one to it. Add that one. They are just recycling it. There's nothing new under heaven. Praise God. God say, God can give you one in church. Don't tell me God cannot give you an idea in church. In church there, the word of God is going on and you hear God clearly. Oh, you can, you can even get into an open vision. You can even fall into a trance. You can even hear God audibly. You can hear God through the inner witness. You can, you can see God within you. You can see God within you telling you, do this, go this way. Join that, move that, move that, and then things begin to happen. In church, because you came hungry. You came hungry. Don't play church, just go to church and with a casual attitude. No, don't do that. I'm almost done. Amen. I'll say one more thing and I'll be done. Thank you. Someone said, we didn't open so many scriptures. <laughs> I believe we've been talking the word since, right? <laughs> Glory to God. Now, the second point is this. In your preparation as you come to church, receive your pastor as God's spokesman, God's mouthpiece in your life. 
You see, there are many believers who make this mistake. They don't receive their pastors as God's mouthpiece. In Ephesians chapter 4, if you start reading from verse 8 downwards, it says, He ascended on high, talking about the Master, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let captivity captives give gifts unto men. And then it says, To some he gave to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, you know, edifying the body of Christ, and on and on like that. Praise the Lord. Now, the point is, there are ministry gifts in the body of Christ universal. The body of Christ is one big universal set. And then in that universal set, you've got a lot of subsets. The body of Christ universal is the body of the anointed one, Jesus, the anointed one himself. And is a body of all the saints all over the world. All believers who have made Jesus the Lord of their lives. Confessing his lordship. Believing in their heart, God had raised him from the dead. This is the body of Christ universal. So if you're born again in Nigeria, you are not more born again than someone who is born again in China. On this continent, Africa, there are believers. On the Asian continent, there are believers. So if you combine all the believers together, you have the body of Christ Are you listening to me? The body of believers, saints. But you see, God has given pastors to different subsets of the body. The subsets of the body are called local assemblies. Local assemblies are assemblies of God's people in different places who have different pastors pastoring them. For example, the church here in Ife is a local assembly. Amen? I said amen. amen. There's a church in Lagos. It's a local assembly. There's another one in Accra. It's a local assembly. And there are other missions given by God as umbrellas, coverings, so that his people can come under that pastoral covering authority or oversight to be taught the word of God, to be blessed, to grow spiritually, and then to make progress with their lives. Praise the Lord. Now look up, please. All the ministry gifts in the body of Christ have been sent to the body of Christ generally, corporately. However, the ministry gifts are sent specifically to a body of people who are believers in some local assemblies or missions. Benihin is a minister of the gospel. He has been sent to the body of Christ, universal, on a general level. However, there are some specific people that God has sent him 
two specifically. Bishop David Oedepo is a gift to the body of Christ. He has been sent to the body universal. If you listen to his messages, you get blessed. And then other people in the U.S. listen, they get blessed. He is a ministry gift to the body of Christ. You don't have to be under that denomination before you can get blessed, so to speak. Praise God. So on a general level, are we together? On a general level, he's been given as a gift to the body of Christ, universal. But he has been sent specifically to members of the Winner's Chapel. Specifically. Are we together? Pastor Shegmon Baje has been sent to the body of Christ as a gift to the body of Christ. But he has been sent specifically to GLT. Glory to God. Now the mistake a lot of, a lot of believers make is this. They listen to all other ministry gifts that have been sent to minister to the body of Christ on a general level. They listen to this, listen down, listen down. And say, you know, Ben he said this yesterday. Ah, you know, son John G. Lake said this one. Ah, you know, ah, ah. Oh, said the unction to function is in the nation that moves. Ah, and then, and then they quote this one, and then they move all around. I said, okay, which one do you attend? Or are you attending? He said, well, I attend GLT. What has God said through your pastor? See, look up, please. Ministry gifts given to the body of Christ can bless you on a general level. But when it comes to specific instructions that will move you to the next level, it will come through the mouth of your pastor. You know, the reason a lot of people that are just in church there, they know everything about every other minister, but they don't know anything about their pastor. So, they are just there. They are getting edified. Some of them know so much. They feel good in the knowledge that they have. But ask them, when was the last time you experienced a specific miracle? When was the last time God spoke something specific to you about your family, about your life, about your career, about your ministry? They don't hear specific things, but they hear general things. And you see, you cannot make real progress hearing general things. Uh Uh-uh. Not general knowledge. General knowledge is good. You'll be vast. It's okay. But you see, if you're an engineer, you don't have specific knowledge about your engineering field. Electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, you must have specific... It is through specific knowledge that you thrive, that you prosper, that you do well in your chosen field, in your chosen career. So you see... A lot of Christians in church, they will hear that minister, hear that one, hear this one, hear, and all that. And that's why, you see, I, I am not a party to, uh, this is the way to grow church. If you want to grow church, bring all the anointings together. Invite Benihim. Invite this one. Invite all of them. 62 ministers for one conference. Amen. And you give them for five for five minutes. I don't believe in that. I would rather arrange it this way. Each of them will come on a particular weekend. Alright? For 52 weekends. I love that one. Give it to us. 
Are you listening to me? Uh huh. So you see, some pastors they, they draw it this way, say, okay, I'll preach for one Sunday and then three other Sundays in the month, invited ministers. And that's the way they run church. So the people, they are not familiar with an anointing. There is no figure in the spirit that they know. There is nobody speaking into their lives. So you see them with different... ah, They manifest different things. (laughs) There's nothing wrong inviting a minister... You know, outside your food or outside your mission to come minister and be a blessing to God's people. It's all right. Glory to God. They are gifts to the body of Christ. We love them. But if you're not listening to your pastor, there's no way you can make specific progress. Are you listening to me? If you look at all the seven churches in Asia Minor, in the book of Revelation, we started reading from chapter 2, all right, he gave specific instructions to those specific churches in Asia Minor. What he said to Sardis was different from what he said to Tatira. What he said to the Ephesian church was different from what he said to, you know, the other churches there. He said specific things. Read the epistles that the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Ghost, gave to the churches. The specific instructions in the book of Ephesians, the epistle to the Ephesians, is different from those specific instructions to those in Thessalonica. Why? God knows you, and he knows what you need. He knows what you are going through, and he knows how to tell you something to get out of it. And he's going to tell it through your pastor. God never bypasses that order. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28, he says he has set some in the church. Some. There is a setting in the church. It's a divine order. In every local assembly, there is somebody that God has put there to speak into your lives. Not only to build you up spiritually and grow and mature, but to give you specific instructions that the Holy Spirit will you know, thereafter build on or build upon. To help you locate yourself in God's plan for your life. And that's why when we come forward here, pastors, they understand. You don't just come casually. Let me just go and say something, one revelation I just got. No, we don't do such things. So, If you just got a revelation, it's good for you. Enjoy it. Spirit of God, what would you have your people here? You know them. You have put your word in my lips to share. I want you to give specific instructions that will help these precious ones. Liga brother Bosta, Ramasatabaha, Reketokoposita, Renga Dohosita. What are you doing? I'm getting a direction for my preaching tomorrow. Lika Baba Baba Baba, Rambo Sokete Bradia. And then you catch, oh, Zamohoda, Yadada. They have been talking wrong. Go teach on confession. Say, but Lord, I taught last. Teach again. They must catch it. And that's why you mustn't come to church and say, I heard that one last week. This is not a movie. We're not being movie here. <laughs> this is church. You don't come and say, I, I heard confession last week. Is that the only thing they'll preach? That's what you need. That's what you need. 
If you had gotten it, you know, and you had internalized it, you wouldn't be where you are right now. And the Spirit of God is, is, is pride. It's called pride. For you to think that way, you need a retreat. The Holy Spirit is saying something to you. You are saying you heard that last week. The Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. And then, another pastor is coming again. He's, he's, he was praying, preparing for the meeting. Rosanabaha, lo crete. The Lord says, confession. <laughs> so you see, bombardment, you can't skip it. They just bombard you with it and then you catch it. Then you begin to talk right, you begin to speak right, and you begin to see right results. Can someone say amen to that? It was a commitment I made when I started, you know, ministry. I said, Lord, I will never say what I feel to your people. I will never, I will never open my mouth and just tell them what I feel about the gospel or what I feel about what is happening in the body of Christ. I will hear from heaven. It's a commitment. So when you come to church, you are hearing what heaven wants you to hear. So your pastor gives you God's word directly. He gives you a word from God. There's a word of God, the general knowledge of God's word. You can hear this, hear that, and be blessed. You are blessed, you are edified. But that does not mean you are making progress in God's will for your life. There are specific instructions, specific things that the Spirit of God will tell you to do through the mouth of your pastor. You will hear his spirit. You will hear God's spirit. And as you begin to do those things and you begin to follow that, you see the Spirit of God, your pastor is not against the Holy Spirit. Your pastor is in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Someone says, well, no, the Holy Spirit will tell me everything. He will not tell you. He anointed your pastor to tell you some things. He is not confused. He placed an anointing upon that man to speak. So if you would not listen, that means you, you are not ready to receive from the Holy Spirit. Your pastor is in active partnership with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So you see, the mistake, a lot of Believers make is that listen to that minister, listen to that, listen and listen all, all around. All right? But they are not listening to their pastors. Some may say, Well, I don't think he's got enough experience to speak into my life. Who told you? <laughs> Who told you? Huh? The anointing is what he needs to speak into your life, not experience. In fact, you have to be careful for pastors who speak only from experience. You can be dried up that way. The anointing, no matter the age. If that guy is called to do it and is anointed to do it, man, you better listen to him. He's got God's word from heaven to change your life. Amen. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 20. Believe in his prophet. Believe his prophets, rather. And so shall you be, so shall you prosper. You believe in the Lord your God, you are established. You believe his prophet and you prosper.
Now, let's read one more scripture and then we close. Have you been blessed today? Um, Psalm 68 and verse 18. Psalm 68 and verse 18. Can we read together? We're going to read two verses. All right. Verse 18 and um, 19. Can we read together, everybody? One, two, three, let's go. Thou has ascended on high. Thou has led captivity captive. Thou has received gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also. That the Lord God might dwell among them. Verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Amen. See that? He gave gifts to daily load you with benefits. If you don't listen to your pastor, you may not know. You see, that's the challenge. That's why when we pray for people, we pray for revelation knowledge. You may not know what you have missed. You think you are fine. But you may not know the, 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 the lorry loads of benefits you have missed not listening to your pastor. Because that's, that's where God has placed you. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, It is God who sets the solitary in families. The same way you did not choose your parents. You were born and you found out that, well, so, so, and so give back to me. The same way you don't choose your pastors. You don't choose church you attend. God must choose it for you. Because church is a spiritual family. You did not choose your family, did you? How many of us chose our families there? I mean biological children, not adopted ones. So God will guide you. Hey! Listen to that man. Listen to that man. Yes, sir! And then you go, sit down with all his tapes and begin to minister them to yourself. Listen and listen. And anytime he's ministering, you're there, you're listening, you're receiving God's word, and then God begins to instruct you. Through that man by the Holy Ghost, he begins to instruct you. He begins to instruct you. Do this, move from here to there. Now act on this. You ought to be doing this now. Now you have to work on discipline in prayer. Discipline in prayer. That's where you're at presently in my training for you. You must learn to pray because you, you know prayer is good and it's something you have to do, not because you feel it's enjoying or enjoyable. Praise the Lord. See? Benefits. Benefits. That's how people make progress in church. See, it's no longer hidden to you. You understand it, right? Do you understand it? So when your pastor is speaking, please understand that that's God's voice speaking into your life. If things are not arranged the way they should be, your pastor by the Holy Ghost will speak and those things will be arranged prophetically. Prophetically. And that's why we are careful under that anointing. We are very sensitive. We begin to talk. Someone is receiving a car here. We just say that way and then chop, 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 chop. people pick it and then you see them buying cars easily. And someone say, car. Give me the word. Give me the word. Look at you. 
You know what, you know what is, is demanded for Give me the word. It's, give me scriptures. All right? Go to the concordance. Are you listening to me? And then gather them. What are you saying? What is he saying? Give me the word. Give me what he's saying. Is that, hey, <laughs> quote more scriptures. Quote more scriptures. You can't control your pastor. He's not under your anointing. He has been anointed by the Holy Ghost. You can't control him to say a particular thing. And that's why you see, don't, don't get into personal sentiment with the one that God has sent to speak into your life. You may not like his face. He makes no difference. <laughs> a prophet sent to you is a prophet. His face, either is a blonde or large, it makes no difference. <laughs> you know, he said, that man talks. The way he talks, he's too hard. <laughs> you should talk gently and quiet. That's his style. And that's God's mouthpiece into your life. Humility says, yes, Lord. Oh, I receive your word. For example, God has said to us, this month is a month of what? Great wonders. Hallelujah. Someone says, yeah, that's mine. Oh, boy. I receive God's word. You gather the scriptures together. You begin to say them to yourself. I receive this word this month. And then you begin to ask yourself, where do I expect wonders? Where? What are the areas in my life? That I want to see the wonders of God. You begin to, oh, that area, that area. Oh, particularly that one. Oh, Father, thank you for your word has come to me. Oh, I receive this word. In the name of Jesus. Wonders are happening. Wonders are, oh, krapasaya. Wonders in my life. In the name. You wake up in the middle of the night. That's my word. I run with it. I run with it. That's my word from heaven. You have spoken, oh God. And it's mine for the taking. That's our increase. We were ministering in Lagos and then we said by the Spirit of God from this day forward those of you that are doing contracts the minimum you will get is 200, 250, 300 million. Someone said, uh-huh. Suppose it isn't There was another person. Hey! I received it. He was just screaming. He screamed until he fell under the power of God. All right? He got a contract of 500 million. (laughs) Just 500 million. You see? If you listen with your head, you may miss God. Because God is bigger than your head. I don't know, I don't know how learned you are. MSc, PhD, whatever. God is bigger than your head. So when he speaks, don't, don't think your head will be big enough to contain God's word. There's only one part of you that can handle the word of God, your heart. For with the heart a man believes unto righteousness. Your pastor is meant to speak you from where you are to where you ought to be. With words. They will talk you into it. That's what we do in church. When the other beloved one, you know, when he saw that one, you know, got a corner of 500 million, he came with a refreshed, different attitude to church. He sat at the front. He was listening, was following one. And then God's word came. He just, 
Amen. You know what happened? Interestingly, he got a contract of two billion. <laughs> Glory to God. We are not playing games here. You must come to church with a renewed attitude. That's how people change in church. You see, someone who is stealing or was stealing changes all of a sudden. He says, no more to stealing. I'm bigger than theft. I'm a lender to nations through God's word. And then the person begins to think that word. He receives that word. He begins to lend unto nations. That's how it works. Amen. Sir, how did you get married? On prophetic words. We were having a meeting. And then the Lord, the anointing just came on me. Bah! The hand of the Lord was so strong. I said, you're getting married December. This year. <laughs> My brother looked around and said, <laughs> he said, okay, I receive it. <laughs> it happened. The 26th of that same year, he got married. Everything paid for. He did not have to borrow a dime. So you see, when we gather in church, God says things to people specifically that will change their lives and move them to the next level. Listen to other ministers. There's nothing wrong. So far, they are teaching the word of God. It's all right to listen to other ministers. Are you listening to me? Hear them, the different voices in the body of Christ. Be blessed by their ministry. But listen very carefully. If you are listening to other ministers, 50% and your pastor 50%, you've not yet gotten this thing. You have to listen to your pastor more. That's the person that carries your word. So you can't be flirting around. Are you listening to me? That's the person that carries your word. God has impregnated him with the word for your life to move you to the next level. So you listen to him. Because God has something to say through him to you. And receive that word. You see how you can be in that C, C category, category C. See? Take everything. Rise to your feet, shout hallelujah. Rise to your feet. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. A man of God was ministering in his congregation. And then he said, please open to the book of Job. And then he said, whosoever opens the book of Job first will get a job this week. And the brother flipped through and got it. He got a job. You see, when your pastor speaks that way, under that unction. (laughs) Job, Job. Amen. That's how God prospers people. So if any delivery is coming from heaven to you, it will not go to another church. It will go to your church where God has placed you. So if you're in the wrong place, you will not get it. Lift your hands and begin to worship Jesus. Let's give him praise. 
Oh, precious Jesus, Master, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We know you've been blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, please contact Shago Badger Teaching Ministries on plus 234-7066-453122 or plus 234-8060-10093. Stay blessed.